Welcome to episode three of Practically Spiritual, the podcast that aims to explore how spiritual practices can have practical benefits for our mental health and well-being. Firstly, apologies for the sporadicness of the release dates. This one has been brewing for a little while now. It was actually recorded a few weeks back, but my partner and I recently welcomed a rescue puppy from Romania into our lives. And wow, quite an intense few weeks, but I wouldn't change it for the world. And she has definitely prepared us for imminent parenthood. So I hope you enjoyed the last episode. Leah was a brilliant guest and human design is fascinating. So good, so, so good. Please do listen back to that one when you can. For this episode, I had a chat with the loveliest Katie Barnett. Katie is a transformational life coach who specialises in sense of self. Now, I just wanted to place a small trigger warning here as we delve deeply into Katie's journey with her own sense of self and her borderline personality disorder diagnosis. There is mention of self-harm and attempted suicide within this episode, So if that's something that you don't want to hear today and that may affect you, please do come back to this episode another time when you feel ready. But for now, let's dive in to episode three of Practically Spiritual. Today I'm chatting to the lovely Katie Barnett, fellow purple lover, sober sister, journaling fanatic and pancake queen, but most importantly, a transformational life coach who specializes in sense of self. So I'm just going to go right into it. What the hell is sense of self? Well, firstly, I just want to say that was potentially the best intro I am ever (laughs) going to have, ever. Pancake Queen, especially. Yes, I'll take that. (laughs) And sense of self. Yes, what a way to start, because this is something that I am so, Mm. so passionate about. I just think that sense of self is everything, basically. Sense of self is who we are at our absolute core. So I really believe that when we have a strong understanding of who we are, when we have a strong sense of self, Mm -hmm. we have a really strong foundation to build the rest of our lives upon. Because once we know who we are at a core level, everything else can fall into place. Once we know what our likes are, what our dislikes are, what brings us joy, what lights us up, what we're passionate about. Once we know all of these things, we can essentially Mm -hmm. build a life in alignment with that. So someone who doesn't have a strong sense of self, for example, they might find themselves feeling really empty or lost or alone. They might be in a job that they really don't like, but they don't know how to get out of that because they don't really know what else they're looking for. They might be in a relationship that's not serving them. They might have friends who don't make them feel good. They might not know how to spend their spare time and and spend that time doing things that are potentially harmful or detrimental to their well-being because they just don't know what makes up who they are. They don't know how to live in alignment with that. So when someone asks me what sense of self is, it's everything. It's absolutely everything in your life. It's that feeling of knowing who you are at a really core level. 
And there's so many elements that play into sense of self. And I've mentioned a few of them, like what we like, what we don't like. But a lot of these things are very internal. So someone who doesn't have a strong sense of self might find it easy to relate themselves to kind of the external world. You know, oh, I work in this job or I do this or I have this. But a strong sense of self really is kind of who you are inside. So yeah, sense of self ultimately is everything that makes up who we are as people. So I could sit here and tell you what my sense of self is, but that's not going to be the same as you. It's not going to be the same as Mm -hmm. anyone else because it's a really unique journey to each and every person. And that's kind of what's so special about it. And I'm just so passionate about sharing sense of self with other people and helping them on their journey of self-discovery because it really underpins everything. My sense of self journey has accelerated my growth as a person. Once I figured out who I was, everything else in my life started to make sense. It started to fall into place. And that is something that I think everyone has the power and the capability to do. Just not everyone knows about it. Not everyone knows that they might be living their life not really knowing who they are. They might think they like a certain thing because their friends like it or because they've seen it on social media, but really that doesn't actually make them feel good or that's holding them back from being their most authentic self. So Mm. once we tap into that, notion of figuring out who we are we can start to see an incredible ripple effect basically on our lives and that is a journey that I've been on and is something that I love to share with other people Mm. I think it's quite hard to kind of get a grasp for your own sense of self quite often you kind of touched on it briefly um maybe to do with your job because I think a lot of the time our identity is so tied up in what we do on a day-to-day basis. I found it myself in transitioning from like music journalism into wellness journalism and Reiki and everything. I was actually quite scared to give that up because that felt like that was me, but actually that's not me, as you were saying. But I guess what kind of tips or maybe what do you use in your coaching? Like how can someone really get to the root core of who they really are what their sense Mm. of self is that's a really good question and there are so many tools and techniques and things that people can kind of engage with to help them learn more about themselves so one of the things that you mentioned actually in the intro that I'm really passionate about and that I am a huge advocate for for self-discovery is journaling Mm. that is something that I kind of started doing a couple of years ago and got so obsessed with it because I was just uncovering so much that I didn't know about myself because yes you can sit there and sort of think about yourself and what you might like and what you might not like but when you really start to dig deep and get these thoughts onto paper so much comes through you know you can engage with sort of stream of consciousness consciousness journaling when you're literally writing everything that's on your mind and pushing yourself to write more even when you think there's nothing left and just seeing what comes up and just going with it, like just going with the flow of the pen on the paper and seeing what comes up. Or you can use prompts to kind of guide discovery. So you might have a specific prompt around, you know, what are you passionate about? Or what made you happy today? What are you grateful for? What have you learned in the past month? And in asking specific questions, we can often discover things that perhaps we hadn't brought our attention to previously, because when we're living, we're just kind of, we're living, we're not delving deeper into these questions and these ideas all of the time so it's just bringing awareness to different elements of ourselves that we weren't really tuned into and another tool that I think is really powerful is meditation as well so just 
going inwards like I said sense of self is something that's really personal it's a very internal thing so taking the time to go inwards and see what comes up and not judging what comes up but just bringing awareness to it that has been an incredible tool for my own sense of self journey is something that I started doing quite early on and honestly didn't really understand meditation at first I didn't really know what I was doing I naively thought that it was you know trying to shut off all thoughts and not think about anything and even that is is learning something you know learning that I have so many thoughts all the time and that I'm thinking a million miles an hour all the time being aware of that and just being aware of what's kind of going on in your mind and almost not having control over it but just being more tuned into how your mind works I think is such an incredible insight to have Mm, definitely I big advocate for journaling especially like first thing in the morning getting everything just getting everything out on the page and I find that I solve so many things if I just sit down and write about them since I was very young I've always done done that um and definitely coupled with meditation as well like to 100% agree very key things in helping to learn a bit more about yourself but what was it that kind of, I guess, tell us a little bit more about your journey, how you got to this point where you discovered your sense of self and came to a point of helping others? Yeah, definitely. So it has, it has been a journey. Like it has been a journey. There have been so many downs and more recently, so many ups. Like it has been an absolute roller coaster for me to get to this point where I am now helping people figure out who they are. Because if you told me that a couple of years ago, I would have probably laughed or cried or just gone into a state (laughs) of shock because I didn't even understand this concept of like knowing yourself I had no idea what this self was like we were talking about earlier and you know someone who doesn't have a strong sense of self might not be able to relate themselves no sorry might only be able to relate themselves to external things that was my situation so a couple of years ago I only knew who I was based on other people I only knew who I was based on very external factors such as I'm a student at university. I'm studying this. I've got two siblings. You know, I, I could not tell you any more than that. If you asked me to describe myself in three words, I would have gone blank. And it's only recently that I realized that there was a lot of other mental health issues going on for me, which I'll, I'll touch on in a moment. But I've realized that it was actually the sense of self that was kind of underpinning so much of the struggle and the pain in my life because I didn't know who I was I didn't really know how I fit into the world and that was difficult and I just felt very alone I thought I was the only person that felt like this so so that was something that was underlying a lot of things and it's only since embarking on a journey of of coming to terms with my mental health receiving the right sort of help and and then as such beginning a journey of self-discovery that I realized that it was the sense of self that was underpinning everything. And that's why I'm now so passionate about supporting other people with that because so many people just aren't aware of it. But my, my journey kind of goes back a lot longer than just a couple of years. Um, ever since I was younger, I'm talking six or seven, I always remember thinking that my mind worked differently to other people. And for so long that kind of transpired into me thinking there's something wrong with me. Like mm. that would be the main thought in my mind every day you know, as I was going through life, I was at school, whatever, whatever I was doing, it was what's wrong with me. There's something wrong with me. I would look at how other people were responding to situations or seeing the way that other people acted or the way that they felt about things. And I was like, why, why don't I feel like that? Or why am I not acting like that? And dealing with that thought, that reoccurring thought for so many years of thinking there's something wrong with you is 
horrible. Mm. It is really painful. And I have so much empathy for my younger self for, for dealing with that and dealing with that mental battle every day and every night. And this kind of went on for a long time. My mental health really spiraled downwards essentially it was something that kind of wasn't being dealt with for so long I had you know really depressive episodes engaged in self-harm all of these different really detrimental sort of ways of acting and ways of being that were just pushing me into a really dark place basically and it wasn't until three years ago now I forgot what year it was it's 2022 isn't it so three (laughs) years ago that it really came to a head so in my mind I see it as like all of these things have been kind of bubbling away in this big pot and then they finally just kind of exploded and overflowed and this was when I tried to end my life I was really not in a good place it was it was really just everything came to a head and as a result of this went into a psychiatric hospital and then that's where I received the diagnosis for borderline personality disorder so this is something that I had heard of before I was aware of it I was very knowledgeable on it because I remember reading about it a couple of years prior to that and thinking this is me I knew that I had it I just didn't really take action to get the diagnosis or seek the right support but when I finally went into that psychiatric hospital got the diagnosis everything started to make sense and it's like I needed that in a way in order to kind of make sense of my life and I know that there's a lot of different views on diagnosis you know are they good? Are they bad? Am I then going to start acting a certain way because I've got this diagnosis and start living my life in alignment with that? Yes, there is that to it, but I actually found it really helpful. And I remember when they they finally told me that I had it, you know, I, I knew that I had it. I just knew. I was so relieved. I think I actually cried like happy did because I was just mm. like, finally, things just started to come together. And interestingly, so much made sense because one of the main symptoms of borderline personality disorder is an unstable sense of self. So that thing that I was struggling with for all those years again kind of made sense now so with that diagnosis I kind of took this rock bottom and used it as an opportunity to really just change and transform and embark on a journey of self-discovery and that's kind of got me to where I am now I engaged Mm. in all of the different self-development tools and techniques I got the right type of therapy for borderline personality disorder which is DBT dialectical behavior therapy Mm. I you know, seeking the right sort of help. And along along with that as well, in the last year, also stopped drinking, which really kind of accelerated that growth. So yeah, it has been a journey and one that I look back on now and I'm like, wow, I honestly don't know how I survived some parts of it. Mm. Uni in particular was a very rough time for me. You know, having undiagnosed BPD, not having a strong sense of self and just not being in a good place at all. It's a lot. It's a lot. But I'm so proud of myself for where I've got to now, the position I'm I'm in and how much I've grown from that person that I see, you know, in primary school when I was younger, really struggling, looking at everyone around her and being like, what's wrong with me to now knowing who I am, being really confident in who I am and being able to confidently answer the question, who are you? You know, I know hands down who I am at my absolute core and that is something that I never thought would happen and I'm really Mm. really proud of that journey that I've been on and it's why I'm so passionate about sharing that with other people yeah I think I think we actually met before you had your diagnosis didn't we at your birthday because your friend one of your good friends Holly is sort of related to Adam my partner yeah extended family so I think I, I actually met you yeah before that um and even knowing you for that short period of time like you have definitely I 
I've even seen it like transformed completely. And I think also the key part, you probably feel the same as like having that sense of self, you're just more comfortable and accepting of like every little part of yourself. You don't feel the need to be a certain way to fit in. It's just like you're you they're them everyone's different and it's great absolutely Mm. yeah that is something that I think is actually really key to sense of self is like seeing all of these parts of you and accepting them exactly Mm. like you said not judging any of them not trying to push any of them away is accepting them you might you might be slightly resistant to some of them but you see them as part of you and say that's okay like I'm happy that that part of me is here because that makes up who we are you know I used to spend a lot of time sitting and thinking about things from my past that I'd done or said or just activities that I engaged in you know different behaviors that I'm had a lot of shame around and I'd sit there wishing that I could erase them from my memory like all I wanted in life was to erase these things from my memory because I was so ashamed of them had so much guilt around them but I have learned that I wouldn't be the person I am right here right now if those things hadn't happened, if I hadn't experienced those things and learned and grown from them. So I look back at my past now and I'm really, really grateful for it. And I'm grateful for everything that happened to me and that I did because it shaped me into who I am today. And I think that's a big step, being able to go from having a lot of shame around things and wanting to hide and suppress certain parts of you, almost denying them to then being able to accept them is is a big, a big step to take. Mm, that's so true. And you've touched on it briefly, but for anyone who's listening who doesn't quite know what borderline personality disorder is, could you give us a little bit of information on what what it actually is? So borderline personality disorder is a mental health condition that largely affects how people think and feel and interact with others. So one of the main symptoms of BPD is being emotionally unstable. So this is the main thing that I, I would say affected me is having that emotional instability. There's also a lot of other symptoms that make, make it up. So there's nine symptoms altogether and you only need five to be diagnosed with it. So if you think about it in that way, there are so many different ways that BPD can exist in people because there are so many different combinations. So my experience of BPD will be completely different to another person's, which is it's a very complicated mental health condition. It's very stigmatized. It's very complex and I think that's why it can be very misunderstood. So some of the main symptoms are unstable relationships, unstable emotions, black or white thinking, uh, engaging in suicidal behaviours, reckless behaviours such as drinking or drugs. It's a whole multitude of different things mm-hmm. and it is often compared to bipolar and in some ways it's it's very similar. I, I can see why that comparison is made but it's also very different as well. So someone who has bipolar disorder will have episodes, you know, manic and depressive episodes, which may last weeks, months. With borderline personality disorder, for me personally, my moments of emotional dysregulation can last minutes. You know, they can last an hour, but they are so intense, Mm. like incredibly intense. And sometimes when it's certain emotions like anger or sadness, I almost get so dysregulated so quickly that I can't remember what's happened in that moment. I, I dissociate. So I'll come out of that moment and I won't know what I've said. I don't know what I've done. It's very, it's a very painful mental illness. That is one way to summarize it. It's it's really hard to navigate and to manage these emotions because when you're in these moments of distress, you almost can't see out of them. Hmm. So I have all these tools. I have all these techniques to help me, to help me manage these emotions. But when you're in it, it's so intense that you 
cannot think about anything else. I will throw things. I will, I, I just say things that I didn't even know my mind was thinking. You know, it's, it's honestly, it's just very complex, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. I guess it's unique to each individual, how you experience certain things. Is it, is it the same with like any kind of mental health condition or any condition at all where it's on a spectrum? I think to an extent, yes, because obviously everyone's unique. Everyone has these different experiences. What happiness looks like to me isn't going to be what happiness looks like to you. You know, things are always going to be different. But I think with BPD, because there is that thing of only needing to meet five out of the nine symptoms, someone might have the black or white thinking and the unstable relationships, but they might not have the unstable sense of self, you know. So I'm talking a lot about sense of self being part of the BPD, but for someone that might not be their experience at all. They might mm. have a really strong sense of self, but have very suicidal thoughts all the time. You know, it shows up in, in people very differently. And the thing that is one of the most painful things about it is how stigmatized it is. So someone with BPD may be labeled as attention seeking or manipulative or even dangerous. And this stigma is almost exaggerated by unfortunately professionals in the industry and little things like Instagram for example you know blocking the BPD hashtag which is just bizarre Mm. little things like this they add to this stigma and it's what makes living with it so hard for people that perhaps aren't as confident in dealing with it or confident in being able to see it as a superpower which is what I always say I say that BPD is my superpower because it's given me so many incredible insights and strengths into like my life that I didn't have when I kind of wasn't aware of it I I kind of saw these things as there being something wrong with me but now I know that yes I'm really sensitive and I used to say that in a negative way you know I used to say I'm so sensitive now it's yes I'm so sensitive and I love that about myself (laughs) I'm so intuitive I'm so tuned into other people's emotions I can pick up the energy when I walk into a room I'm really creative. I get easily inspired. You know, there's so many strengths of of BPD that I'm able to now see, but for someone that is in a really dark place, you know, everything I'm saying now is not going to resonate because they're not going to be able to see these things. But like everything in my life, it's been a journey. So coming to terms with the BPD and kind of then like integrating it into part of who I am. Um, But yeah, there's, I could, and I have (laughs) done a whole episode on BPD because it's, there's so much to say about it. And how did you, obviously, I guess, was was it a relief to get the diagnosis? Because you kind of already knew that anyway. Yes, Mm. weirdly. And again, people might not have this experience at all. Mm. For me, it was because I'd known for so long that I had it. And I kind of just needed someone to tell me, yeah, not, not for validation, but just for almost reassurance that, mm. you know, that there wasn't something wrong with me. Yes, my mind might work in a different way to other people, but that's okay. And I never wanted to see the label of BPD as being like, oh, that's why I acted like this in the past. That's why I did that. That's why I hurt all these people. I'm not using it as an excuse. But to me, it was just that extra layer of reassurance that I'm different and that's okay, basically. Mm. I think it's amazing that you're talking about it so freely as well, because it's so important with anything that has any kind of stigma attached to it or taboo is spoken about because it's not that unique to suffer with something or from something like, I don't know if that's the correct terminology, suffering from something. Would you say that about it? So I actually prefer to say for myself personally, I prefer to say dealing with or living with. Dealing, living with. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So for anyone living with something it's it's not that unique to us and it might make us feel like oh I'm the only person like living with this or dealing with this actually there's a multitude of other people out there so 
being brave enough to speak out about it and help others is an incredible thing that you're doing it really is thank um, you that that really means a lot because it is something that I'm, I'm passionate about is mm. raising awareness of BPD and yeah reducing that stigma and making people not feel alone Definitely. when I was first learning about it obviously Instagram's been big for a while but I don't think Instagram was really as big in terms of having useful information on on Instagram you know you can search a hashtag and, and a multitude of different posts will come up kind of educating you on these topics I used to just have to go and Google and search BPD and, and find articles you know there wasn't a lot of information that was readily available I because I had the the borderline personality disorder hashtag kind of saved I am almost overwhelmed in a good way about the amount of people that are posting about it, really useful infographics, just information. And I always say to myself, like, if this information had been available when I was kind of at my worst stage, I think I, I wouldn't have felt so alone. So I think social media can be really helpful for that. So yeah, I just want to be able to use my voice to reassure people that they're not alone. And I do often receive messages from people, you know, they'll say, I saw this post that you did or I listened to the podcast and it really helped me. I've been diagnosed or a friend of mine has just been diagnosed or I think I have it and that it's helped them. And that is such an amazing thing to hear. I love hearing that because that is exactly what I want to do. I want to be raising awareness and just helping people navigate it essentially. Mm, it's about building a community, isn't it? Mm. And what what kind of tools do you use then on a daily basis? So as I mentioned earlier, you know, meditation and journaling they are two integral parts of my daily routine that I can't go without I will notice the difference in myself mm. if I don't meditate or if I don't journal I really really do notice that also I've got kind of a toolkit of things from dialectical behavior therapy which was specifically for borderline personality disorder which really help to manage those moments of distress that I spoke about sometimes I, I can't, there is nothing I can do in those moments because I'm not in the right frame of mind to even refer to these tools that I have. Or even, you know, Alex, my boyfriend, he'll say, Katie, you know, what about that tool that you mentioned or this this technique? And I'm just like, shut up, go away. You know, <laughs> nothing will work in that moment. Mm. But when they do, they're really helpful. So one of the tools that I always remember, because um, DBT is normally done in a group. So you kind of go to a group yeah. therapy session um, and the the guy who was leading it was absolutely amazing I always remember him because he was just he was just a, a great person he was very over the top with things and one of the tools for when you're feeling distressed is literally to pour cold water on yourself or ice <laughs> so he was I was in a moment of distress in one of the sessions and he literally took me into the kitchen just splashed me with cold water all over me and I was like dripping <laughs> but it helped it just shocks mm. you out of feeling like that and I think you know it's it's a very underrated tool is just putting cold water in your face so a lot a lot of tools like that a lot of mindfulness tools and the, the dbt was split into four modules so it's distress tolerance interpersonal relationships mindfulness i can't remember what the fourth one is now um but anyway there's that i'd really recommend to anyone that has bpd or not if you ever feel like you get emotionally dysregulated to look up some of the dbt tools because they're so powerful and i, I use them every day Something as simple as if you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed, just to notice and name things in the room. So just slowly go around the room, notice what there is, name them, describe them in detail. You know, look at the detail of the carpet, describe how fluffy it is, describe what color it is, the shade, the tone, the shape. And you'll find yourself kind of moving more into a state of, of feeling calmer. 
little mm. things like that I use every day and have been so so helpful I feel like I've seen that on a tv program it might have even been um sex education Gillian oh Anderson is a therapist yeah. I'm sure she gets Otis to like point out when he's like really in a panic um maybe like pointing things out well I learned uh, a technique the other day actually through my friend because I did like a little mini hypnobirthing workshop with her um and if you get your fingers and you count one two three four like think each finger to the thumb and then backwards again from the little finger to the forefinger four three two one and you just keep doing that that kind of like brings you back down oh I love that yeah there's so many little tools and Mm. tips and tricks and again this is why I think Instagram is so helpful because I'm always seeing things like this on Instagram Mm -hmm. but again like you were saying it's easier said than done when you're in the moment and like Mm. blinded by rage or whatever else is going on around you to kind of bring yourself back in and remember that but maybe like cold water is the way forward yeah do that do that first and then see what tools you can use to kind of keep keep Mm. lifting you out of that state Mm, definitely and like one of the big things for you which I feel you've spoken about a lot is sobriety Mm. um how, how long has it been now nearly one year and one month Wow. Yeah, it'll be one year and one month in a week. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, super proud of myself mm. for that. Honestly, did not ever see this coming, to be mm. honest. I always talk a lot about the past because it's amazing for me to notice how much has changed in, a, in just a couple of years. So yeah. yeah, like you were saying earlier, you know, you knew me when I was still drinking before I had the diagnosis and I was a really different person then my priorities in life were incredibly different what I wanted in life well to be honest I didn't really know but you know my main aim was to go out as much as possible and get drunk I didn't care about anything else really you know I had goals I was doing my freelancing but everything was a bit blurry especially when alcohol would kind of come into the equation so I really think that my relationship with alcohol which has always been very unhealthy and very harmful really accentuated a lot of the symptoms of BPD because now that I've stopped drinking a lot of the things that I used to struggle with are not there anymore or they're much more manageable and what's amazing is that I'm able to see things so much more clearly because alcohol isn't part of the equation anymore and I know that how I'm feeling is actually how I'm feeling it's not tainted by the fact I am drunk or that I'm hungover from the night before you know if I feel sadness now I accept that I notice it and I observe it and I I say, okay, that sadness is here because it needs to be here. It's not here because I had too much beer the night before and got absolutely smashed and now I'm hungover and feel sad and I'm reevaluating my whole life, you know? It's there because it needs to be and I just kind of like allow it. And on the other hand, you know, happiness as well. It's it's incredible. It's not just for a moment because I'm, I'm, I know that I'm going to the pub with friends and, and going to get drunk. And, you know, those first few drinks feel amazing but then I can't remember anything. So what's the point? Um, when I feel happiness and, and these sort of uplifting emotions now, I really feel them. And in general, my emotions are so much more stable as well, which is incredible. I do still have these moments of anger or these outbursts, which are kind of uncontrollable in the moment, but they're in general so much less prominent in my life. Um, so yeah, sobriety almost felt like the next step for me. It just made sense. When I got the diagnosis for BPD, I was still drinking. I was told that I couldn't be referred to one of the services if I was still drinking. And I thought, what? That's so stupid. I'll Mm. I'll still come to all the sessions. I'll still do the work. 
but obviously I'm going to keep drinking because that's a massive part of my life. I, I don't want to ever let go of that. But I really see clearly now how not drinking was very integral because I was showing up to sessions, but I wasn't really committed. I was doing the work, but I wasn't really, you know, engaging with it fully. And everything would go out the window as soon as I had a drink anyway. Now that I don't drink, I'm able to see things so much more clearly. Nothing is is tainted by the alcohol. And, you know, like I said, how I feel is actually how I feel. So it makes it makes things so much easier to manage. Um, but yeah, giving up alcohol was just a step that made sense. Mm. When, I, when it was locked down, I lived with my parents for a bit. I wasn't drinking because my parents don't really drink. And it was in that moment that it was the middle of a pandemic, you know, Things were literally crumbling around outside, but I was the happiest I'd been. And I really had to put that to not drinking. It was so clear, the sign that when I don't drink, you know, my business was thriving, my freelancing was thriving. I was so happy. I was in an amazing routine. I was exercising. I just felt so alive and I couldn't ignore that that was when I didn't drink. So I just decided that, you know what, I need to make this a thing. I need to go sober. I'm going to do it. And I basically haven't looked back since Mm. so this is coming from someone who's never done a dry January never done a sober October any of those things because I I genuinely thought they were stupid I was the person who'd be at a party if someone was sober I'd think that they were boring you know I'd avoid spending time with them and now I'm completely on the other side of that I Mm. have just changed my mentality it's it's absolutely changed my life and my perspective on life Mm. I think sobriety for me is definitely one of the key things that has just allowed me to grow and get to know who I really am. Because mm-hmm. before, I I remember the first time I ever, ever got drunk was at school. My friend and I, she's actually also sober now as well. <laughs> um, we went back to her house and at lunchtime and decided to drink a bottle of peach snaps and lemonade. <laughs> went back to school, absolutely smashed. I was like crawling around on the floor after her cat's. And that was my first experience being drunk. And I can 100% hand on heart say that every experience of being drunk after that was no different, really. There was always some stupid thing that I was doing or blacking out, not remembering, having terrible anxiety the next day. Often my behavior would get laughed off by people. Mm. And then kind of slowly it becomes quite boring for other people to kind of have to babysit you and deal with you like that, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, like you stopping drinking, I've not looked back since because yeah. I've had to deal with like some big life experiences and changes without the alcohol in it. And I honestly don't think I would have been able to deal with them nearly as well as I have if I was drinking, because I'd just be drinking through it and not really addressing the the feelings. Yeah, 100 percent. Um, so, yeah, on the other hand, as well, there's been some incredible experiences that I know wouldn't have happened if I was still drinking. So for example, embarking on a solo travel adventure, you know, Mm. setting up my coaching business. I would not be here right now doing this podcast if I was still drinking. I can absolutely tell you that. I wouldn't have done a speech at my sister's wedding. There's just so much that I always say that now I'm saying no to alcohol, but I'm saying yes to so much more. Like sobriety Mm. has opened up so many opportunities in my life that wouldn't have been here if alcohol was still part of the equation it was almost holding me back from being me, basically. I thought that was me. I thought that I was yeah. the drunkest person at the party, the loudest person in the room, all of those things. But no, that that is not me. I am I am me now. And I'm so thankful that I've discovered that. 
Mm, it's incredible. I remember like, I remember sitting on my bedroom floor when I was living in a place in Walthamstow and just thinking like the next day after drinking, or maybe a couple of days after when I was kind of over the existential crisis and just thinking like of people in my life who had already quit drinking and whose careers and everything was just going so well and just being like, I'm never going to get anywhere if I keep drinking. I have to stop drinking at some point. Mm. Like that has to be, so I have to go sober at some point. But it's quite a nerve wracking thing to do because again, I guess it's tied to your personality, isn't it? Like you go out, life and soul of the party, or in my case, I don't know if I'd really call myself the life and soul of the party because I'd usually <laughs> slumped in the corner. But yeah, no, it's definitely... What, what would you say has been one of the biggest revelations for you of going sober? That you don't need alcohol to have a good time. <laughs> and that mm. if something needs alcohol in order to be fun, is it actually that fun? Mm. And that was me. I only cared about situations that involved alcohol. I wasn't interested in anything else. I now have so much more fun and like really fulfilling fun because I'm, I'm seeking things that genuinely bring me joy that not only bring me joy because there's there's alcohol involved but genuinely because they light me up inside and I'm I'm stepping out of my comfort zone more I'm doing new things I'm meeting new people I'm, I'm doing things I never would have done before because my life doesn't revolve around the next opportunity to drink mm. and I always say that anyone who says that sobriety is boring that is a reflection of their own relationship with alcohol and they need to redefine their meaning of fun mm. because if not drinking is boring then like I'm the most boring person in the world but I, I like I genuinely am mm. having the best time I'm having so much fun you know I'm trying all of these different things I've taken up so many new hobbies just everything it's, it's brought so much joy into my life mm. I think for me the biggest thing is like going on a night out and waking up the next day and not having a hangover I don't think not having a hangover ever gets old at any it point. never gets ever. old no ever and ever do you know what though at first well the first few times I went out sober I'd wake up in the morning and I'd still wake up with that like anxious panic yeah I'd be like, like a phantom wake, hangover. like sweating like what have I done what have I done? did I what did I say oh wait I didn't because I was sober so I wouldn't have said anything I didn't mean <laughs> exactly like, oh my god it honestly it never gets old mm, I love mm-mm. never hang, having a hangover I love yeah. going on a night out doing the things that I used to do because that is something that I, I really want yeah. is to be able to do the things I used to do but just without the alcohol but waking up the next day and, and having the day being able yeah. to do things having so much more time it's given me yeah. so much more time <laughs> people always say you, you save loads of money as well I haven't because I spend it all on non-alcoholic drinks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it's doing time. things yeah like doing things doing, doing things, things. but yeah. I'd rather spend my money on yeah rather than spending 60 quid on a round of shots for people that whose names I don't oh, even God, yeah. know <laughs> it's and yeah I'm I'm the time for me is a big one. I've got so mm. much more time and I get up so early every morning because I'm just, I want to make the most of each day. Mm. Just having the whole weekend. Like you can mm-hmm. go out and still have the whole weekend. I used to be like, oh, I should go out on a Friday night and then I can get really smashed and stay out until, I don't know, yes. maybe sun- Saturday evening. And then I've still got a Sunday and it's fine. Yeah, you'd like add up the hours of, of how long you could stay out and then, oh my gosh, yeah. Oh, stuff like that makes me so yeah ugh, it makes me so feel so weird to think not about now me. no mm-hmm. it, it doesn't appeal to me at all no definitely not uh I mean like you were saying though I'm thankful that I had to go through that I do wish I'd kind of discovered stopping 
a bit earlier on in life but you know it works out how it works out doesn't it exactly Mm. and then I guess you've touched on a little bit of your coaching business but could you tell us a little bit more about someone you know what, what, what would you say to someone who is curious about working with a coach um so coaching has been one of the things that has really helped me on my journey so when I discovered coaching I really fell in love with the idea of it and I was also kind of engaging with therapy at the same time and I I struggled to see the difference at first I didn't know what the difference was between coaching and mm. therapy but it's, it's very very clear to me now so just to just kind of sum that up for anyone who doesn't quite know therapy is very much focused on the past and a therapist will ask a lot of why questions or how questions for example as a coach we are very much future focused so we'll kind of uncover where exactly you want to be and we'll always be guiding you to take the steps to get there so through my coaching which you know I specialize in sense of self I am helping people on their journey of getting to a point where they can confidently say I know myself I am myself and I love myself that is what I see as the end goal of what I want someone to achieve from the coaching journey obviously they'll have their own personal goals and a vision but that is how I want people to feel when they finish working with me is being able to confidently say those things so it's not just knowing themselves that is one part of it but it's being themselves as well and then on top of that loving that person too Mm. so self-love I think goes really hand in hand with self-discovery and I always say that self-discovery is self-love you need to know yourself in order to love yourself you have to know who that person is to to be able to have that love and that appreciation for them so that is kind of what I'm doing through my coaching is supporting people on that journey to get to the point where they can confidently say those things And just have this really overwhelming feeling of knowing who they are and being able to live their life in alignment with that. Mm. And who wouldn't want to know that? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I feel like little steps to happiness you set up before you did the coaching. I did. So what was the idea behind little steps to happiness when you set that up? This is a very good question, actually. So... (laughs) I set up Little Steps to Happiness just after I had been in the psychiatric hospital. Right. I had no idea really what I wanted to do with the page. I just knew that I wanted to spread a little bit of positivity or something. I wanted to share cute affirmations and talk about manifestation, essentially. That is all I wanted to do. I wanted to make cute designs and talk about positive things and to make people feel good. That was my aim. Little did I know that that account would ha- place such a big part in my journey and that would eventually transform into being this business mm. and this idea that I had to really support people on their own journey of sense of self. So if you actually go back on my Instagram and scroll really far back, you can see all these posts that I did. And I, I kind of want to delete them because they're not aligned with what I'm doing now, but they're also really cute. And I think they... They show the journey that I've been on. You know, I post things like think positive thoughts and (laughs) the universe wants the best for you. And like, it it is really sweet, actually. And obviously a lot has changed since then. And I think I want to keep that stuff there because it shows this personal growth journey that I've been on. Mm. Because what I share now is very different. I'm sharing a lot of informational content on sense of self, on borderline personality disorder, on sobriety, and all of these elements that have played a part in my journey of self-discovery, as well as being able to show people that this is what it's like to have a strong sense of self. This is what you can do. This is what you can achieve. This is how you can feel. So 
just like the journey that I've been on I think the Instagram account has been on its own journey as well they're also true as well those things like they yeah, are said they are said a lot but they are true like mm-hmm. yeah life and the universe does want the best for you so yeah yeah good, that is true I'm not yeah it's not like I'm like oh no I don't agree with that stuff yeah. but it's just I just think back to to kind of what place I was in when I was posting yeah. them and all all I wanted to do was spread a bit of positivity yeah. and I just think that's such a sweet goal that I had and it's now blossomed into something much mm. much bigger much and you're still bigger. doing that exactly yeah so what kind of practical tools I know you've obviously mentioned journaling and meditation but what practical tools would you I know you know I know you're going to say journaling as well um but what <laughs> would you tell someone to use to manage their well-being so one thing that I think is really important and this has been transformational for me is having a morning routine Mm. so if I start my morning for example waking up going on Instagram first thing not exercising not drinking water not journaling not meditating not doing any of these things and just kind of like starting my day and going into my day it will not be a good day or it will not be the best day it could be I have made having a morning routine uh, absolutely non-negotiable and I can like notice the difference of when I've done my morning routine and when I haven't. So I wake up now, journal and meditate and move my body in some shape or form. And I just take that time to kind of connect to myself and start the day on the right note. And, and it, and that energy sort of carries out into the rest of the day. So I'd say that for anyone who doesn't have some form of morning routine to, to think about what might work for them and I know that the term routine can bring with it maybe a bit of pressure or structure which some people might not like so if you don't want to do that that's fine but one thing I would say is to make a point of not looking at your phone first thing in the morning just don't do it just oh just God. cut that out because yeah. say if you see a message a, ne- a negative message or notification that will shape your morning and, and potentially your day you do not need to see that message first thing it can wait it can wait five minutes it can wait 10 minutes it can wait until you've done the things that make you feel good and set you up for a good day whether that's journaling whether that's a walk whatever that looks like and then look at your phone if you need to you know but start your day on the right note and I think that that is a really transformational mm. tool basically definitely that's a game changer that's like my number one thing is not is turning my phone off at a certain time so I'll try and turn mm. it off between 8 39 9 30 because if I don't turn it off and I'm going on it I catch myself and I'm like there's nothing actually happening what am I actually looking at like people can wait till the next day airplane mode and then don't try really hard not to put it back on mm. until like you say you've done that morning routine because it really does set you up for the day makes such a difference yeah, massively massively mm. and routine just in general has been has been key for me and like I said I know it's not for everyone yeah. but for me that's something that's worked really well mm. so I'd say that in some shape or form having a routine or a ritual each day that's going to set you up for a good mm. day and and close the day as well and set you up for the next day is is mm. a really good well-being tool I think especially now as well because how we work has changed because of the pandemic like mo- lots of people work from home now so if you're just getting up and going to work straight away that's not you're not going to have mm-hmm. well I find personally my day is not as productive but exactly mm, yeah so for anyone that's listening and curious about working with you as a coach how could they go about doing that 
So they can find me on Instagram. I am always posting on Instagram, very active on there. So my Instagram handle is little steps to happiness. On there, I've got a link in my bio so you can see all of the different ways to work with me. So currently I have my mindset deep dives, which are one hour coaching calls where we focus on one specific goal or vision or belief and kind of work through that and figure out how we can keep you moving forwards. I also have my 12 week one-to-one program. So this is a coaching journey focusing on what I spoke about earlier, which is this journey of getting you to the point where you can confidently say, I know myself, I am myself and I love myself. So this is a really intense program where we get super clear on what's going on for you at the moment where you might be struggling with that sense of self and just propelling you along so you can get to that point. Mm. And I've worked with several people on this and they've seen some really incredible results which have had a ripple effect into all areas of their life. So love that, would love to work with people on that. Um, And I also have a group coaching program which I'm launching soon. So this will be a seven week journey of loads of incredible masterclasses and support throughout the seven weeks where we'll be touching on self-discovery, sense of self, knowing yourself, being yourself and loving yourself and just getting you to a point where you feel really confident in who you are. So this will be a great opportunity to kind of connect with people who are on the same journey, to work with me, not as intensely as the one-to-one program, but to really gain a deep dive insight into self-discovery, no matter what point of the journey you're on at the moment. Um, And finally, I have recently launched my podcast called Who Even Am I? So you can find that on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Apple, everywhere. And the Instagram is Who Even Am I? The podcast. And over there, I'm sharing loads more insights into my own self-discovery journey, as well as the insights of people who have inspired me along the way. And you can learn loads of helpful tools and techniques to kind of support you on your own journey. Sounds incredible. And yeah, I've been loving the podcast so far. So I'm very excited to listen to the next episode that you've got. Yay. Yay. It's been lovely chatting to you, Katie. Yeah, you too. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you very much. Thank you so, so much to Katie for that episode. It's so important that we share our stories of our own journeys with our mental health and well-being, as it can really do a lot to help break taboos and also to help anyone else who might be going through something similar. Now, if you've been affected by anything in this episode, then Katie does recommend checking out Mind as a mental health resource. But if you do think that you may have borderline personality disorder, then do speak to your GP or mental health professional. And for anything related to sobriety, some great resources you can check out are Alcohol Change UK, The Sober Girl Society, which is one of my personal faves, and Sober and Social. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please do give it a share because you never know who it might reach that it could help. I'll catch you soon and take care.